Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. Today is Wednesday, October 21st, 2020. I'm Shannon, and I'm here today with Stacy, Brooke, Kira, Kristen, and Natalia. And we are looking forward to the month of November. And usually November is kind of a crappity book month, but I actually found several really great things that are coming out. So I am very excited for this episode. So before we get started, of course, we have the usual housekeeping information. You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. You can always post just on the Book Bistro timeline. Some of you have done that. I'm always so happy to see when you've published posts there. You can join our Facebook listener group where you can chat with us as well as with other podcast listeners. You can keep an eye on some of what we're reading. We usually update you each Wednesday with a look at our current reads. If you'd like to get a hold of us and social media is not really your thing, you can email us. That address is thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. And Kristen will start us off, followed by Brooke, then me, Stacy, Kira, and of course, lastly, will be Natalia. So we are set. So my first pick tonight is Rebel Rose by Emma Terrio. And this is, it looks so amazingly awesome. It is a fairy tale of Beauty and the Beast. However, this all takes place, yes, it all takes place after the Beast is transformed back into his human self um and now bell is getting ready to become queen and she is um she's having to deal with some some factions that do not want her as queen um it the year is 1879 and it um it, I believe this takes place in France because it mentions that France is approaching approaching its revolution. And that doesn't make sense. The revolution was like in or seventeen. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but this is eighteen seventy nine. So okay. I'm not really sure, but that's maybe what it there's says. like a um, like an alternate <laughs> history or something. Possibly, it it looks really good, and so she's having to deal with some some people that do not want her as queen. There's some, um, uh, what do you call them? I guess enemies within her own castle. Um, but then she, she finds a magic mirror that kind of gives her, um, some advice that she has to struggle with. And she's kind of trying to navigate all the political crazy, um, get used to being, queen taking a crown that she never really wanted and she's trying to 
what is the word? Um, she's trying to like actualize in her mind her future life as queen versus the commoner that she used to be. And just trying to balance all of this and learn the, the ins and outs of the politics and find out who her allies are um, and become queen of, of people who obviously don't want her as queen. Um, I'm really interested to see where this book actually starts um, as far as, you know, I know it's not the actual beauty and the beast, but since it says that, you know, the beast has been transformed, um, I'm wondering like what point we will, we will come into to that story and how this is all going to fit together. What is their political system? Um, because just in the original fairy tale, you know, it, it all comes together. They live happily ever after you get no, um, you get no foresight on what Belle may have had to deal with in the future because everybody's just happy and everybody's in love and that's the way it's supposed to end. So I want I can't wait to see what this author does with this. And again, this is Rebel Rose by Emma Terrio. And it comes out on... November 10th. Ooh, not too far away. So all I have to say is the clock and the candlestick better not be among her enemies. Oh, no! (laughs) I know, right? So my first book for tonight is Grave War, Alex Craft, number seven, by Kalena Price. And it comes out on November 24th. So this book, the main character is Alex Craft, and um, she is a grave witch. So she is able to raise the the dead or raise the spirits of the dead to be able to talk to them and kind of help out um, the police to find out like what happened to them and stuff like that. So she has a bit of a rocky relationship with um fairy which is the land where the fairies live um i thought it was kind of funny that it was called fairy um and then she has kind of got a bit of a truce with them and she's she, but at the same time she's trying to have somewhat of a life still with the humans and while doing this um she's had a bit of a career um, I guess, addition. She is now, I don't know if she's head of them. I think she's head of um, the Fairy Investigations Bureau. And it's something that she never really thought she'd ever be doing. But she's being thrown into a new case. So it's really soon into her, her new um, job. And she's being thrown into this case. Um, there's been an explosion at, I think it's, I can't remember what it's called, It's like a bar where um, fairies hang out and there's been an explosion and they realize that something is starting to go after fairies now and they don't know what, like, she, she knows that she needs to investigate and she has to figure out how to save the fairies. So if you want to learn more, because that's all I can really tell you right now, then you'll have to look, read it with me. So this is Grave of War, Alex Craft, number seven, 
by Kalena Price, and it comes out on November 24th. I really like this series a lot. I did, too. I was like, I'm really sad because this is actually the end of the series. It is? Yeah, that's what I've, at least that's what I saw in the uh, reviews. And a lot Aww. of people, it's kind of mixed reviews. Like, some people are really sad, like we are, that the series is done. But a lot of people are kind of, they've, it's gotten to a point where the books come so far apart. It's true. And so that's, that was kind of a frustrating part for uh, people who've been reading the series for a long time. But I, I hope it wraps up nicely. That's what I'm hoping for. Yes. So my first pick tonight is one that I fully expected to have to battle Brooke for, but oddly, it did not appear on her list. And so I just sort of laughed triumphantly to myself and figured that it was mine. So this <laughs> is this is Those Who Pray by Jennifer Moffat. And it comes out on November 10th. It is described as Sadie meets the girls. And it is the story of a college freshman named Emily, who is finding college to be not what she was expecting. She really thought that she would go there and she'd make a bunch of friends and sort of forge this new life for herself away from her family. But it doesn't really turn out that way until she is drawn into this very secretive group known as the kingdom. And the kingdom is a cult. And this is not a great thing, but she thinks it is because all of a sudden she's part of this very insular group. She has a lot of friends. There's this really great guy who seems to be interested in her. Plus she gets to go to Italy for the summer. But once she gets to Italy, bad things happen. And it might be that she is not allowed to return home. So I am really, really into books about cults. I don't totally know why because I don't want to be in a cult but I do enjoy reading about them and I'm really excited about this um this is again Those Who Pray by Jennifer Moffat and it comes out on November 10th and it is mine all mine it's my loss because I saw the title and I was like I don't know it doesn't look like a book for me so totally my loss because I didn't read the synopsis but it said sounds to, amazing. I will be I adding to it Christine, to my TBR list. I said to Christine when I was making the list, I said, oh, I said, Brooke is really going to want this. And I really want this. And so I don't know what will happen. <laughs> my loss. Yes. So I tried to talk about this book in the October Picks episode, but the publication date was pushed back. So now I am double excited to talk about my first book of the evening, which is called A Cuban Girl's Guide to Tea and Tomorrow by Laura Taylor Namey. And I have to first announce that this is a young adult novel. Gasp, insert gasp. Because <gasps> we all know that Stacy doesn't read young adult fiction. However, when I first saw the description of this book, I was just telling the, the book Beastresses that I teared up because it was so gorgeous sounding. And I had to have it. So without further ado, so Lila is um, getting close to high school graduation and she has everything worked out. She cooks with her abuela. I hope I'm saying that correctly. 
Um, and so she cooks with her grandmother in the family bakery and her entire life is devoted to being an amazing cook of amazing Cuban cuisine in Miami. And that's what she wants to do with her life. She wants to follow in her grandmother's footsteps. Well, then she's befallen by just a myriad of tragedies all within a very short period of time. And her family is very worried about her um, because so much has happened to her in a short period of time. And so they decide that she is going to spend her summer in a small town in England and uh, with some family friends to sort of like reset and kind of get things back on track. And I think she's going to cook at an inn, I believe, if I remember that correctly. Um, I've, I've read two synopses for this book, so I'm sorry if I'm saying things just a little bit off kilter. Anyway, so she goes to England and she's totally miserable because in comparison to the color and the beauty of Cuban cuisine, she's very bored by English food and she's sad. The town is just not colorful like Miami and she's missing her grandmother and she's missing the life plan that she had for herself. And then into her life comes Orion, a young man who works in a tea shop and has troubles of his own. And together they form a friendship and he begins to show her all the beauty that England has to offer. And so at the end of the summer, Lila has a decision to make. Does she return to the life that she's always wanted or does she stay in England with the life she didn't know she needed? And I'm really excited about this book. And again, it is A Cuban Girl's Guide to Tea and Tomorrow by Laura Taylor Namey. And it comes out on November 10th. Ooh, yes. I'm so interested. I know. I want to read this. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Sounds it's, adorable. You know, I love food about people who cook. Like I love, or, I love, I that. love books. Love I'm sorry. I love, I love books about people who cook, about food, too. about, you know, different types of cuisines. Yes. And so um, I'm just really excited to see what this one has to offer. I'm just excited to read a book that takes place where I live. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. yeah, cool. The new Sonali Dev, which is set in a restaurant, <gasps> appeared on Bard last week. Oh, I wow. saw that. Maybe I need yes. to check Have you read it, Stacey? No, I have never read one of hers. Do I but aren't you like a huge one? fan of Sonali Dev? No, that's Or is Sarah. that your twin? That's the twin. Yeah. But you, oh no, you like Sonia Lali. Not yes. Lali yes, Sonia Lali. It's Lali. Yes, yes. No, I haven't read Sonali Dev, but her that book, The Bollywood Affair, got an award and it's been very I have oh, it. That here, one I looks just... really good, but I really liked the one that comes before um Pride, Prejudice and Other Flavors. That one. That one, yes, thank you. I love that one a lot. Yeah, and Recipe for Persuasion is the one that's out now, right? Yes. The one that just came Ooh, to bar restaurants. Yeah. I love everything yeah, about restaurants. Like I devoured those Rachel Higginson books just for the restaurants. And the food truck, is that the ones you're talking about? Yes. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. buy Gabby a food truck for Christmas. Oh, the best food truck Serving book a is um, American Dreamer by Adriana oh, Herrera. Oh, by Adriana Herrera. Oh, okay. Oh my God. Yes. I'm going to try that one. There's like the best food truck Those are so book. good. I know, but they make me hungry. I can't read them at night. I, <laughs> I love that. I'm hungry too. All right. So the first book I'm going to talk about today is called White Ivy by Susie Yang and it comes out on the 3rd of November and White Ivy immediately drew my attention because 
Um, I have taken some Chinese in like various forms throughout the years. So whenever I see a book that like takes place in China or has some Chinese like influence or whatever, I always like to gravitate towards that. So um, this book immediately caught my attention for that reason. Main character, her name is Ivy Lin. And she seems to be kind of like a misfit. She is described as being a thief and a liar. And she's very good at it. She puts on airs to um, appeal to the elite of Boston, the upper class suburbanites of Boston where the book takes place. And she steals and has learned how to steal from yard sales, um, secondhand shops to make it look like she is a wealthy suburbanite. Um, And she gets embroiled in this I guess, con, you could call it, with um, the quote-unquote uh, golden boy or, like, the, the, the most popular boy or whatever, the richest kid um, named Gideon. And um, her mom finds out about her, like, con, basically, and sends her to China. And it's like, no, you're not going to do this. You're going to live in China now. And so Ivy has a completely different life experience in China Um, and, um, it's sort of, I guess, is meant to, like, have her, uh, ditch her, uh, her thief ways and whatever and kind of put her on the straight and narrow path. Um, but years later, she comes back to Boston as a young woman and she runs into Gideon's sister. And, um, it's kind of like she sees it as fate intervening. And so she is um, welcomed, actually, into the Gideon family and is kind of um, brought into their world. Um, But just when she's about to um, get the life she's always wanted, uh, I guess something from her past resurfaces and it uh, threatens to undo Um, the perfect life she's worked so hard for. Um, So it's definitely an interesting book. I like the synopsis because it's not spoilery, but it does give some interesting details. Um, It's also described as a coming-of-age story. Um, I like the element of, like, two cultures clashing, like Chinese culture and American culture. So that's what originally drew me to the book and I love a good redemption arc. Hopefully there's that in this book. I'm not really sure. Um, but the book again is called white Ivy. It's by Susie Yang and it comes out November 3rd. I will read this. It, it sounds looks like really I good. Read it as well. Yes. Yeah. I so. thought of you Brooke when she said about the con artist. I was like, Oh yeah, I love con artists. Yeah, I, I wish I could be me one. Too. I think that'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> so, how would it be if we could have the power to make everyone around us have instant karma for the things that they do? I mean, oh, it'd be kind of fabulous right sometimes. That. Right? <laughs> hmm. Right, except I'm sure it could be abused. Can we do it to like yeah. really influential, powerful people? <laughs> right? 
Just anybody <laughs> in your vicinity. I don't know. I guess we'll have to read Instant Karma by Marissa Meyer to find out like how these Ooh. powers work. Um, this is uh, Marissa Meyer, if you don't know, wrote Cinder, um, the series based on fairy tale retellings, but they are so, so good. And she also wrote a Renegade trilogy, which is. I would say maybe like a sci-fi kind of thing, but I loved them too. So good. It's like um, superheroes, superheroes. kind of, right? Yeah. Superheroes slash sci-fi. I don't know. I just know that when I discovered this author, my world changed. She's so creative. I've never even thought about giving anybody instant karma. <laughs> so even that's creative. But this is a standalone. And it's about Prudence Daniel and, and Daniels. Sorry. And she's an uh, overachiever. She's always trying to be on top. And she's kind of sick of everybody around her because she feels like they're lazy and rude and arrogant and just no good and one day after a night out with her friends she wakes up and she's all of a sudden able to give everybody instant karma for the things that they do from being lazy to being rude to being a karaoke heckler which i think those are fun so i'm not sure why she'd want to karma them but maybe that's just (laughs) me (laughs) but then her karma power kind of starts to backfire on her because of course she uses it indiscriminately especially with her lab partner quint who has been her mortal enemy forever and so now having these powers are making her discover the truth about her friends her family her peers and most of all herself and what is the difference between love and hate generosity and greed i guess to find out we'll have to read this book Instant Karma by Marissa Meyer. It'll come out on November 3rd. And I am so excited because I know, I mean, I'd be excited even if I didn't know this author, but I know this author and I know I'm going to love everything about this. I can't wait. This sounds really good. Yes. I feel like 2020 deserves some instant karma. So like, I think this book is very timely. (laughs) Just the year. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Just the whole year. So my next book is called Spellbreaker and it is by Charlie Charlie N. Holmberg, which is also the author of one of my all-time favorite books, um, Magic Bitter Magic, Magic Sweet. But she also wrote the Paper Magician trilogy, which I think she's better known for. Um, but Magic Bitter Matter, Magic Sweet was my first introduction to her writing, and I thoroughly enjoyed that. So Spellbreaker is about a young girl who has the ability to break magic spells that have already been cast. And her magic, or her type of magic, is actually for, forbidden. Um and she uses she tries to she tries to keep it under wraps but she also tries to use it to help the common people because sometimes aristocrats like to cast spells on those less fortunate than them and so she tries to help the the common people by breaking these spells that have been put on them that are no good then um while trying to keep her magic under wraps, she comes into knowing this um, spell caster who has an estate and there have been some not so good spells or 
um, spells gone wrong cast on his estate, and she agrees to help him undo these spells if he agrees to keep her magic secret. But um, I believe it gets out anyway. And so they have to um, figure out how to keep her safe and to keep her magic because if, if they catch her, she will be in big trouble. So this looks really good. I've, I've read a lot of books where you have wizards that you know cast all kinds of spells, but I've never met anyone that isn't a wizard that can break spells. I think some wizards can undo their own spells or cast like counter curses of, of some sort, but it seems that she doesn't have the ability to cast spells. She can just break, break them. So this looks really good. And I like Charlie's writing. Um, I also want to read her paper magicians trilogy. So I recommend picking up if you can on November 1st, Spellbreaker by Charlie N. Holmberg. It will come out the very first of November. It, it will. That, that looks intriguing. It sounds like she's yes. sort of like the Robin Hood of magic. Ooh. Yes, it actually does mention Robin Hood. That this girl what? always loved Ooh. the tale. She she likes Robin Hood. So, like she she kind of feels like the the female version of Robin Hood trying to use her magic to. Um, to help the common man versus Take the from the rich to help the poor. And, yes. yes. I guess I should have mentioned that. But <laughs> yeah, it, it does mention, it does say that. So it, it looks really, really good. So it sounds like November 3rd is going to be a good release date. My next book is Shadow Sands, Kate Marshall, number two by Robert Brinza. And as I said, it comes out on the third. So this book is about Kate Marshall. She is a former police detective and she is now um, a criminology professor. So her and her son, Jake, they are out swimming and they discover the body, um, the bloated body of a young man. Um, and as the police are just are investigating they discover that this guy this young man is a olympic hopeful so when the um incident is ruled accidental um kate is kind of suspicious she just doesn't really understand because first of all like what is this person doing there and also what um like how could he have drowned when when he's such a good swimmer. So this, these are kind of some of the questions that are really making her wonder. So her and her um, assistant, Tristan Harper, they start looking into this and they discover that there is a serial killer that's been working for several years because people have been going missing over the, over the years and nobody's really noticed. And he's kind of like working in, um, kind of hiding in plain sight. So while they're investigating, another woman goes missing. And now it's up to them to discover within days um, who who's behind all this. Otherwise, this person may lose her life. So if you are ex as excited as I am to know what's going to happen, you'll have to check out Shadow Sands, Kate Marshall, number two, by Robert Brinza. 
and it comes out on November 3rd. I want to read his... Um... Um, Emily Foster. Yeah, yeah. Or Emma Foster. Foster. Yes. It's really good. I liked, I really, really, that's the first series that I read of his, and I really enjoyed them. So my next pick is a historical romance set in the civil rights era. This is Confessions in B-flat by Donna Hill, and it comes out on November 24th. So this is set in Harlem in 1963. So Martin Luther King has begun to become very famous. um, And a lot of people are trying to decide whether following his sort of idea for peace is necessary or is it necessary to sort of rise up against your oppressors. And this is kind of the conflict that's at the core of the novel. So our two main characters are Jason and Anita. And Jason comes to Harlem as kind of a follower of Martin Luther King Jr. And he wants to learn more about the Black experience and try to figure out kind of what he believes about his people and their place in a world that doesn't always want or accept people like him. And when he first gets to Harlem, he meets a poet named Anita. And together, they start to kind of dig deep into everything that goes into the whole civil rights movement. And so there are a lot of issues of equality and just basic human rights. And their romance is sort of set against the backdrop of this really tumultuous time in American history that we don't know nearly enough about. Like, you know, my parents were, like my dad lived in Detroit in the 1960s when we had like, the big race riots, but he was like nine years old. And so he doesn't have a ton of vivid memories of this. And my grandparents who obviously also lived there, like never really talk about this. And so it's something that I know happened, but I feel like we don't really get to hear much of like the firsthand experience. And so, whereas this is not a memoir, um, I'm really looking forward to reading a book that's set in this time and kind of digging into that a little deeper than I have in the past. So this is Confessions in B-flat by Donna Hill, and it comes out on November 24th. I want to read this and I almost took it for one of my picks. Did you? And, well, I mean, I thought about it, so I'm kind of glad I didn't because we would have fought for it then. Yes. Um, but I, I just, I don't know. It's an era, like you were saying, um, I don't feel like a lot of novels, especially in the romance genre are set. Well, until recently, I, I don't right. feel like we've, it's not an era that I read about much, like the early sixties in the U S like, it's just not an era yeah. that people have, I feel like historically written much about. And um, if we so, do, it doesn't focus like on no, civil rights. No, on civil it's rights just... at all. No. So I, I'm excited to read this book. Yes. Actually, my next book, I'm surprised that you didn't take. Ooh, now I'm going to yes. have to like wait and see what it, you're, you're thinking. Indeed. Because um, I, when I saw it, I was like, oh, I bet Stacy will want this. But no. Well... I'll tell you, there is a book that I did want to talk about when I saw it, just based on the title. 
And that is The Star-Crossed Sisters of Tuscany by Lori Nelson Spielman. And this is a new-to-me author. This book comes out on November 17th. And hundreds of years ago, Philomena Fontana put a curse on her sister. I know. Don't you love it? (laughs) Philomena Fontana. Like, I just think it's great. And that was the worst, like, sort of Italian-esque accent. But that's okay. Um, So she curses her sister. And um, ever since this curse, the second-born daughters of the Fontana family have never found lasting love. Hundreds of years later, we have um, Amelia, and she is um, a baker at her, I think it's her grandfather's deli um, in New York. And she is happily single, just living her life, and she's totally fine with that. But her cousin Lucy, who's also a second-born daughter of the Fontana family, is not happy with potentially being cursed. But they are approached by their, I believe it's their great aunt, Poppy. And she tells them that she, if they travel with her to Italy, she will break the curse because she is going to get married on the steps of the Ravello Cathedral on her 80th birthday. And then the curse will be broken. Well, Lucy and uh, Amelia can't pass up a trip to Italy. And so they all go. And love is found along the way um, in the countrysides and canals of Italy. But also family secrets are discovered that could potentially be even more damaging than a curse. And this just looks like my kind of book. I'm really excited about it. I love books about traveling. I love books about families, um, Italy, all the things. So I'm looking forward to reading more and getting to know um, the Star-Crossed Sisters of Tuscany by Lori Nelson Spielman. And again, it comes out on November 17th. It actually sounds like a book I might like. I know. It sounds delightful. I like trying to. I like books about curses. Yeah, curses are pretty cool. I'm trying to work out the particulars involved in getting this author on the podcast. That's that's cool. Very cool. Yeah. So we will see if that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember anyone right now because I'm just kidding. If she's uh, all booked up or not. Well, I'm waiting to hear back. All right. So for my next pick, it's another book that has some Chinese um, associations, I guess. This is uh, These Violet Delights by Chloe Gong. Um, This book is really cool. It's got a couple things going for it that drew me to, to it as like a different change. So it's a period piece, takes place in the 1920s. and yes which i love a good 1920s book and um it takes place in shanghai china um near the huangpu river um so it's really cool because shanghai is like one of those cities where it's like uh built like around water so i really like the fact that there is some sort of tie to the huangpu river in um this book so this book is another thing that I really enjoy. It's a retelling. It's a Romeo and Juliet retelling. Um, 
so there's a blood feud, of course. Everyone knows the story of Romeo and Juliet. So um, there's a blood feud between the Scarlets um, and the White Flowers. And Juliet Tsai is um, a former flapper, she, but she returns to the Scarlets um, as the heir of the gang, basically. <laughs> And um, the rival gang is um, his. The heir is Roma Montagov, um, and apparently it's Juliet's first love and first betrayal. So uh, this just seems like a good time. It's like a gangsters nineteen twenties Romeo and Juliet retelling um, takes place in Shanghai, and I'm really excited because it seems like there might be some like magical twists involved, or maybe some. Like, I don't really know, but, like, it just seems like there might be some magic twist involved because uh, the summary um, states that there is something in the river. Now, I'm not sure if this is, uh, like, a figurative something or a literal something, um, that there's a rival gang and a monster in the depths of the Huangpu River. So I'm not really sure what to make of that, but... It seems like a really cool story, and we, of course, all know how Romeo and Juliet ends, so it'd be interesting to see if the author puts any spin on that. So, again, this is These Violent Delights by Chloe Gong. And it's out... Oh, I'm so sorry. It is out on November the uh, 17th. So I don't love Romeo and Juliet, but I love books set in the 1920s and like yes. gangsters and like that sort of mm-hmm. sort of seedier side of things. So yes. I may have to check this out, but you'll have to read it first because if if it ends similarly <laughs> to Romeo and Juliet, I, I'm out. <laughs> I can't do yeah, that. You, you'll not be a fan of that. No, I wouldn't. But I, the, the premise sounds amazing. So who likes spy books? Spy books can be good. Me, I love spy books. I love spy books. So what if you worked for like a super secret government agency where you're supposed to spy on um, people, terrorists that are going to unleash really crazy things on the world and it's your job to stop it before they do? Oh. That's our character here in Scent of Danger by Jennifer step and i thought this was a standalone but it's actually part of a series and it's going to be exclusively an audible original um on november 12th audible asked her to um do an audible original for them and so she decided to say yes so this book is about charlotte block and now she works for this segment called section 47 and it's as i said it's it's where people uh, with abilities, special abilities work to stop terrorism. And she has an ability called synesthesia. So she can sense lie, lies and danger around her, which I guess is pretty helpful when you work for a company like this, right? Um, so. But, but all of a sudden, one of the assassins in the company starts taking an interest in her and she just senses that he cannot be trusted and so he needs her uh to stop certain things that are going on that we won't find out unless we read the book i guess but um she doesn't trust him and 
even though they kind of have chemistry and they're getting closer to each other and attracted to each other, when you work for this company, it's either don't trust anyone or die. I mean, what would you pick, right? (laughs) So this is Sense of Danger by Jennifer Estep. It comes out November 12th. And I am super excited about her new series. I can't wait to read this one either. I'm happy about my November picks. I have to say, you know, November usually doesn't have that many. No, November is usually kind of blah. But I think a lot of books that were supposed to come out in the spring and summer were pushed to fall. Like Stacy's um, Starcrossed Sisters of Tuscany That's was true. originally supposed to come out like in the summer and was pushed. And there's a Liz Nugent book that Kira um, has up next that is also a pushback from some other I like don't know time earlier this year. During a pandemic is like the time when everybody needed to read books. I think because they kind were of hoping that they could, that if the pandemic passed, they could return to like book promotion as they Yeah, I just it. thought of it. Uh, yeah, but book signing. Obviously, um, that's not happening so much. So, this is The Bright and Breaking Sea. And it is the first book in the Kit Brightling series by Chloe Neal. Um, I, I feel like somebody has read Chloe Neal before or mentioned her before. Mika but... and Sarah, I think, and Natalia. Okay. So few someone. Um, so... <laughs> so Kit Brightling um, is a foundling. She was raised in an orphanage. Um, but once she was old enough and she left the orphanage, she took to the sea, but she's worked her way into working for the crown. And she, um, she is given this task. She has a, a, she has a magical affinity for water. And so she loves being out on the sea. She, you know, has a very small crew, very small ship, but the queen tasks her with running a rescue mission to go and, rescue one of their spies that has been gathering intelligence on a different world. And she is given a partner that she really doesn't want because she likes her crew and she doesn't want to learn someone new. Um, But this guy was a soldier in the continental war and he apparently knows his stuff and she could really use him. So they are sent across the ocean um, to to rescue this spy, and she has to navigate different magics. Um, she has to learn to work with this guy that she doesn't want to work with. Um, and they all they they have to figure out how to do all of this without getting caught and um, getting you know, getting the the spy safely out. And there's all kinds of magic and treachery going on that because the other emperor, I guess, is trying to, um, is, you know, doing his own intelligence, I suppose, and trying to stop her from rescuing this guy. So I like people who are able to manipulate elements. I love elementals, I guess. Is that what you call them? Um, 
And so I like especially people who have an affinity for water magic. I think it's awesome because I wish I had water magic. Um, (laughs) I would have so much fun with that. Um, But I want to see what kind of kick butt girl this 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 foundling turns out to be like what how has she made a life for herself and what kind of what can she do with her magic um and you know is she the can i say kick-ass heroine here I so. <laughs> like, is, um well i don't i don't I I try not to curse, but she, you know, that's really what I love about books like this. I really like a a woman who can stand on her own two feet and, and prove that it doesn't take men to do everything. So I am looking forward to this book. I love magic. I love Kings and Queens and I like, um, badass heroines. So let's see where this one goes. So again, this is The Bright and Breaking Sea, Kit Breitling by Chloe Neal. It's Kit Kit Breitling number one by Chloe Neal, and it comes out on November 17th. Yes. It's like a magical pirate story. Yes. It is. Yes. And she's been on my radar, Chloe Neal, for a long time because of the Chicago Lands Vampire, Chicago Land Vampire series. Yes. Um, and so this That's looks like what it was. Yeah. This almost sounds like the way you're describing it, it almost has like a steampunk vibe to me, you know, foundling in an orphanage and then going to different worlds with, I don't know, this looks cool. Mm-hmm. So my last book tonight is Lies Like Poison by Chelsea Pitcher. And this book will be coming out on November 10th. So our main characters are four friends poppy lily belladonna and (laughs) raven they all have really funky names so these are they're really good friends um one day they poppy belladonna and lily they discover that raven is being abused by his um stepmom and being the friends that they are, they don't think this is right. So they're, they've, like, hook up a plan to uh, get get rid of the stepmom. So they've decided that they're going to put a leaf of Poppy, Lily, and Belladonna into her tea. And oh, my gosh. then she'll no longer be a problem. I know, kind of corny, but, can you, but they're teenagers, so what can you say? <laughs> so somebody gets cold feet. So they don't end up doing this. And now we fast forward three years and it's Raven's 17th birthday. And guess what? His stepmom is found dead and they find Belladonna in her cup. So of course, Belladonna, the friend is um, arrested and now she needs to go to her friends who are actually there. They've kind of become estranged from one another. Maybe I'm not sure if it's related to the whole plot they had put together. And now they just kind of don't really trust each other or don't want anything to do with each other, but they're estranged. So she turns to Poppy, who is now, um, now identifies as Jack and um, to Lily and Raven. And she's hoping that her friends will be able to help her 
like prove her innocence, prove her innocence, because she doesn't, she never did, she didn't do this. Um, but while doing this, they're trying to help her, and things are getting a little bit rough. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how this all turns out to, like how it all turns out really. So this is Lies Like Poison by Chelsea Pitcher, and it comes out on November 10th. A wild book description. <laughs> From what I read in the in a review, it said it has a bit of like a fairy tale kind of feel too. Okay, so yeah, I could kind of see that. Yeah, so that's what I'm. So I'm kind of looking forward to seeing. Like it, the synopsis almost makes it sound a little corny, but <laughs> we'll see what happens when we read it. Like, come on now, you put some Lily. Poppy and Belladonna into somebody's teeth. Those are your names. And those are your names. Like, I'm sure that, (laughs) like, come on, that's a huge clue. No one will know. Nope. I'm sorry. Nobody out. Nobody's that smart. (laughs) So, my last pick tonight takes us back to World War II. And this is a book that I was very, very sure Stacy would take from me. But Huh, I, I did so well this this month. Like everything I wanted was mine. No one took it. And I didn't even have to like exercise my leaderly powers. Did you hide this book from me or what? Like what not. Are we... it was on the list. Oh. You just didn't pick it. <laughs> so this is the Enigma Game by what? Elizabeth Veen. It <gasps> is the fourth book in the loosely connected Codename Verity series. And I fell in love with Codename Verity back in like 2013. And it was like a soul-wrenching historical novel. So this book is actually set in time before the events of Codename Verity. And one of our main characters is Jamie Beaufort Stewart, who you will remember from Codename Verity and the related novels. But these books don't necessarily have to be read in any real order. Um, Like they don't hinge on each other all that much. So this is in the early part of World War II. And there is a soldier who goes to a great deal of trouble to drop a mysterious machine from a plane. And no one really knows what this machine is for, but they're pretty sure that it's important to the war effort because this guy like went to a whole lot of trouble to make sure that it got across enemy lines. So a group of young people kind of come together, not only to help hide this Enigma machine, but also to protect it um, and to make sure that it is eventually gotten to the right people. So I can't tell you a great deal more than that, other than it does what Elizabeth Veen does so well, um, really sets you in a time and place that feels very, very authentic. Um, She does her research so well, and her writing is captivating and just remarkable in a very deep, um, very poignant way. So I am really looking forward to this. It was supposed to come out earlier this year and 
it was pushed back until November. So this is the Enigma game and it's codenamed Verity number four by Elizabeth Veen. It comes out now on November 3rd. I just skipped right over this title. Like it didn't say World War II or something. And so I, I just, I didn't, for some reason, I didn't recognize the author's name. Um, oh. I, I found, um, I, I actually ended up hating with my entire soul codename Verity, but it was not because of the just gorgeous writing. Um, I, there, I just, I won't say why I didn't like it. Um, but I, I still think about that book, but the one um, in that series that sticks with me and I still think about one scene in particular um, quite often is Rose Under Fire, which yes. was the second book. Um, and I'm really glad I didn't know that that was this book. I would have stolen it from you or I would have tried. I know. <laughs> so I'm going to have to try it now. So as we move to my next book, I'm going to sing you a little song. Nora Roberts, Nora Roberts. I'm so excited. <laughs> Anytime there's a Nora Roberts. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm so shocked Natalia, like, didn't sweep this one up really quickly. And so I don't know if... I was really you know. surprised too, actually. I know. I even said to Shannon, I need to come up with a couple alternates because I'm pretty sure that um, Natalia is going to want this one. Um, nope. She didn't ask for this one, but she asked for another book that I really want. So I'm excited to hear her talk about that one. But now we're talking about Nora Roberts because she, my friends, is starting a new trilogy. And isn't it always amazing Yay! when Nora Roberts starts a new trilogy? It's so exciting. It is. So this is The Awakening, Dragonheart Book One by Nora Roberts, and it comes out on November 24th. So we have a considerable amount of time to wait. And this book, um, in the realm of Talam, there is a young warrior named Keegan who comes out of the lake carrying a sword. Oh. And this act from this young warrior demonstrates, the sword demonstrates incredible responsibility. Now, in a different realm known as Philadelphia, there is a young <laughs> woman. Indeed. There is a woman, young woman, who grew up hearing fanciful stories from her father um, about dragons and many things. Well, now she's in her 20s and she's struggling to pay back her student debt. She's working jobs that don't make her happy. And then she discovers that her mother has been um, keeping from her an investment account totaling somewhere in the vicinity of $4 million. Um. Um, and it's from, right, it's from the father that she hasn't seen in years. And so Breen, this young woman from the realm of Philadelphia, decides that what she's going to do with some of this money is journey to Ireland. And pay back her loans. Well, I'm sure she does that too, but you know, (laughs) it's not a very elegant thing to discuss in a synopsis. So it didn't actually mention. Now, so we're going to guess that she paid back her loans and and paid off some nonsense and then decides to go to Ireland because she keeps having these dreams of this silver silver haired man who says to her, come home, Breen Siobhan. It's time you came home. 
And once she's there in Ireland, she somehow goes through a portal in Galway and ends up in a realm of dragons and mermaids and a warrior named Keegan. And this is where her destiny awaits. And so, my darlings, if you are excited that Nora Roberts is writing fantasy with mermaids and dragons and the realm of Philadelphia, (laughs) you might want to pick up The Awakening, Dragonheart Book One by Nora Roberts, and it comes out on November 24th. (laughs) I love when she writes about Ireland. I know I do too. I'm so excited. I really did think like Natalia and I were going to like mud wrestle for this book. Like, I don't know how I got so lucky that I got to talk about it. But well, you're also very lucky that Mika isn't here. That is true. That is true that Mika's not on this episode because I would have, it would have been like a, it just would have gotten It would have been nasty. like a terrible thing. It I don't would've... think Brooke would take it because it's the, like the fantasy ones. I don't know that right. you'd be as into Mika that. Likes but... the, the fantasy ones. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Are you going to sing your author's name too? No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. It's too late for me to sing. This author is very excellent though. I've I've been reading and it it seems like this is going to be a good one. Yes. So the last book, I saved the best for last, although I haven't read it yet. So maybe I shouldn't say that. (laughs) The last book I'm going to talk about today is called Little Cruelties by Liz Nugent. And it comes out on November... 10th um what can i say about this book it is very um it seems like it's going to be a very fast-paced psychological thriller it um takes place in dublin ireland actually uh in the the 1960s um with the drum family i want to call them and uh they are there are three brothers uh, William, Brian, and Luke. And in the first scene, one of them is dead. So, the questions come, which one is it? How did he die? Most importantly, why? So, um, this book seems to be full of family drama. Uh, each brother kind of fits into their own niche. So, um, Brian is a middle child. He's the eternal adult. Luke is um, the youngest. He is um, he is uh, a, um, an actor. Sorry, and um, the uh, the family. Uh, it seems like there's a lot of backstabbing going on. Is the is basically the uh, the long the long and short of it, and it just seems like it's going to be a very fast paced novel with lots of family secrets and lies and um, figuring out uh, who is in the coffin. So uh, I'm very excited for this book. It seems from the reviews, the little reviews I've read, it is um, well well written, and uh, it. Uh, it, this family is very dysfunctional. So uh, it's a, a, another thing I really like. So we'll see how it goes. I'm excited. This book, again, is called Little Cruelties by Liz Nugent. And the author, I mean, sorry, and it comes out on November 10th. Ooh, 
Ooh, more fantasy. I was looking forward to this book too. Yeah, I read this um, over the weekend, and my comparison to it: um, <laughs> if you read and loved *The Lost Man* by Jane Harper, then this will work very, very nicely for you. It's that very much like brother against brother feel. Ooh. So, I don't know about you guys, but after reading this author's work, I don't know if I ever want to go to Lake Superior. There's no. just so many creepy no. things. In Lake Superior. Very dangerous there. Right. Very dangerous place to be. So, my last book of the night is The Haunting of Bryn Wilder. Yay! Wendy Webb. Because we must say it like Stewie from Family Guy. Right? I love Wendy, Wendy Webb. Me <laughs> too. It's like the second episode in a row that I get to talk about her. Yes, I know. <laughs> Yay. So this book is about, oh my God, can you guess? Bryn Wilder. Bryn Wilder. Imagine that. And of course, she's escaping something, something that we don't know. Some As one does. Devast- devastating loss. As one does. And then she goes to Lake Superior and rents a boarding house on Lake Superior. Because unlike us, she doesn't know that it's dangerous. <laughs> no, she hasn't read all these other books. <laughs> right. No. She doesn't right. know it's going to be haunted because it's Lake Superior. <laughs> does right? it know it's going to be haunted? And in this boarding house, she meets all these people that are interesting and d- secretive. Um Alice is a very frail person and she's being taken care of by a married couple that has a, a story that's pretty sad too. Then we've got the owner of the boarding house who's loving and happy-go-lucky, but, you know, which is kind of strange in its own way because that can be strange. <laughs> and then we have Dominic who is covered by tattoos everywhere, but he's also very cute and very mysterious and dangerous especially because there are rumors about dominic that wherever he goes suspicious death follows not only that not only that but there seems to be a room in the house that's empty that's associated with a very recent death and Bryn is hearing all these whispers and having these strange dreams at night and we don't know where it's coming from and alice even though Frail seems to know more than she should about too many things. So I have no idea what will happen. I All I know is that when this author writes a book, when everything comes to a head, it's definitely not what you thought. Or <laughs> Ooh, I like that. Or it sounded like. So this is The Haunting of Bryn Wilder by Wendy Webb. This book comes out November the 1st. Yes. So time changes I and I get to be haunted. Want, want, want it. I'm so sad it wasn't out for the creepy books episode. I know. I need it. Oh, this is like I, the, I one books. of the very few like ghosty authors that really does scare me and doesn't just like ridiculously annoy me. You know. Yeah. You know, falling in I love, love with her a lot. Yeah. So that brings us to the end of the most anticipated books of November episode. Thank you to Kristen, Stacy, Brooke, Kira, and Natalia for hanging out with me and talking about so many fantastic books. And special thanks goes out to Kristen for informing us all tonight that I am now known as the Book Bistro 
Fuggleman, which apparently <laughs> means leader. And I, I'm just not sure what I think of that. But anyway, <laughs> and thanks as always goes out to Christine for all of the editing that she does for each and every Book Bistro episode. And thank you so much to all of you who have joined us as we talk about so many fantastic books. If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to access the show. Not only does it tell us what you think, but it also helps other people find us when they're looking for book-related podcasts. Um, It kind of advances us in the Google algorithm. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with an author interview and, of course, the guide to new releases. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody. Mm